In June of 2020, a group of experts began a weekly meeting online. Their goal was to create a definition for threat modeling to encourage people to threat model and help them succeed. As online threats continue to multiply, designing for security has become increasingly important. But while the term threat modeling has become in vogue, not everyone agrees on exactly what that means. So some of the heaviest hitters in the industry decided to change that. The Threat Modeling Manifesto Working Group contains some of the biggest names from the corporate and academic worlds. Some have literally written the book on threat modeling. So the challenge was to boil decades of combined experience down to a simple definition. Over these next two episodes, we're going to take you inside those meetings. We've taken clips from over 18 hours of recordings to give you a sense of the intense debate that occurred each week. Our guide will be co-founder of Security Journey and the co-host of the Application Security Podcast, Chris Romeo. Hi, my name is Chris Romeo and my role in this process has been as a contributor. I was one of the early people that gathered together to start thinking through this whole idea of a threat modeling manifesto. And then we got to see the group blossom into uh, the large group that it became. Hey Mark, how are you? Not too bad, how are you? Good. Hey Matt. Hey, how's it going? I thought this call was actually yesterday, so I dialed in at noon yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, why is there nobody else on? <laughs> so did you get a, a lot done in that process? I did. I had, there was, it was easy to make decisions. Uh, everyone had a great opinion. So, so you're done. <laughs> there was a small group of us that met in the beginning. It was Mark French, myself, and Adam Shostak. And then we reached out to Izar Terendok and Matt Coles, who had also been thinking about this same idea about doing something with a threat modeling manifesto. And then what we did is we went through all of our networks and we said, how can we build a group of diverse individuals that have high knowledge and high levels of experience with threat modeling and bring them all together to try to achieve this common goal? I think we have a quorum. I would suspect. So why don't, Indeed. why don't we get started? We have uh, two pieces of old business. In creating the Threat Modeling Manifesto, the problem that we as a group had all seen is that there was no good definition of what threat modeling actually is. There is no good definition of what are all of the things that are important to consider when someone is new to threat modeling. And so our goal here was to say, how can we provide a document that helps people to be able to understand threat modeling and then guides them in what they need to do to actually go after it. Brooke Schoenfield. That's a good statement. That's a really yeah. solid statement. People are at the center of threat modeling. Adam Showstack. So as I look at this, and this is gonna sound a little nitpicky, but it's not intended as such. When we say starting a threat model, we're implying that threat modeling is a deliverable rather than a journey. And, and so two things come out of that in my mind. The first is that I want to change the principles, the first three principles to be starting to threat model. But also I want to add a value, which is threat modeling as a journey rather than threat modeling as a deliverable. The state of threat modeling, from what I see as I look across the industry, is there's a lot of different methodologies for how people are doing threat modeling. There's not really a good standard or a definition of what threat modeling is and what are all the pieces. So when I think about 
the way different people approach threat modeling. I, I see some groups of people are doing threat modeling or they're, they're claiming or saying they're doing threat modeling. But when I look at it, they're not going through and really getting to the results. They're not getting to the mitigations, the most important things that exist in threat modeling. Matt Coles. That notion that threat modeling is only done because there are attackers or because yeah. there are threats. Right. We do this as a proper as a part of, of systems development and of secure as a action under, I, I think, under an action under secure design as a means of validation, just like we do code analysis. We don't know that there are threats against code, but we do it for code quality and other and other reasons. Right. I, I that's my this is my view, obviously. Um, uh, so I would be careful about saying that until there are no, you know, we don't. We only do if we only do this because we know that there are threats. When threats go away, we would still be. I think we would still continue to do threat modeling. Alyssa Miller. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm almost. Uh, not, this might be a bit inflammatory to say it this way, but I'm almost terrified at the perspective of making threat modeling so narrow that it only focuses on security implications. Um, I mean, threat modeling is one of those things that has. You know, application from a development perspective, it is application from a business perspective, and that's where you get the, the value out of it is that more holistic approach. So if we're going to say threat modeling, as we're going to talk about it, is only talking about security threats and nothing else, I, I think we're, we're really tying ourselves into a pretty tight scope there that the end result is whatever we create out of this, I don't think would be that valuable. Brooke Schoenfield. I was going to say, I was going to go back to this timing issue because the problem I have with modeling, I mean, you want to start modeling before code or before implementation. That's true. But I have seen a lot of really successful modeling that benefits from agile, iterative development. So you, you think you know what you're going to talk about in your threat model, and then somebody starts implementing and says, wait a minute, that security thing won't work, but how about if we do it this way and you change your threat model? So there's a natural interaction, and in DevOps, there should be a natural interaction between the, the creative processes involved in modeling and the creative processes involved in implementation. It's not one or the other. They're tied together, I hope. Yeah, we wanted to be very careful to ensure that we had the best possible definition that the most people on earth are going to be able to get behind because there, there is a lot of debate about what threat modeling is. There's a lot of different schools of thought that are driven by methodology. And so our goal here was to say, okay, we have a, a very diverse group of individuals who are from academia. They're from the corporate world. They're trainers. They're people that have written books. We brought all these people together to say, can we agree on a definition of what it is? And I, and I can tell you, there was a lot of debate. There was a lot of discussion. There's a lot of uh, back and forth about what threat modeling actually is. But we, as a diverse group of people, were able to come to a definition. And then from there, we were able to play into what are the values that, that are important for, for threat modeling? What are the principles that help you to do that? What are some of the anti-patterns you want to avoid? And so by bringing this group of, of experts together, from all the different backgrounds, we were able to drive towards a definition of threat modeling that we all were comfortable with, and we hope that that can then have a big impact on the industry. Stephen DeVries. 
to query whether threat modeling is the is the right term that we want to use for this. Um, my 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 feelings about threat modeling are a bit mixed. F firstly, it's 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 a known domain, it's a known area within uh, security. I, I question how well known it is within engineering teams, and if we are targeting a, a very wide group of users. Um, is there a different term that we could use to describe the same activity that doesn't sound so security? Matt Coles. I'm finding also moving in that direction. Threat modeling is easier to easier to say. People recognize it more than uh, architectural review or architectural threat assessment. But I'm not I'm not sold on that on that two term phrase. So Fraser Scott. One of the things we're seeing is talking to people who think they know what threat modeling is and then it turns out that they're talking about threat intelligence for example so there's there's often some sort of clashes of domain what's the difference between threat modeling threat analysis and risk analysis and threat intelligence people come to these conversations with a predetermined view of what that is and if you don't tease that out early on you end up with that sort of triangles versus squares challenge threat modeling is analyzing representations of a system to highlight concerns about security and privacy characteristics when we think about all these systems that exist across the internet that are storing our data. These are systems that are crucial that they do security and privacy correctly. And so that's the real advantage of this threat modeling manifesto is we as an industry group, we wanna to help to make threat modeling something that's happening everywhere because the more threat modeling that occurs, the less vulnerabilities that exist in all of the systems that we all know and love and we've come to rely upon in our daily lives. Brooke Schoenfield. So here's the here's the thing, uh, you know, and and this is built on having taught threat modeling to thousands of people and security architects hundreds over the years. Um, so it's again, it's anecdotal and it's maybe really biased by me and and what I do and how I work. But um, so take it with a grain of whatever you you want to take it with. But I think the hardest piece to about threat modeling for people to to gain and why they need a security engineer there is attacks. What, what do you want to call it? Think like a hacker or think like attacker. I don't care. I, you know, I have no preference um, because I think that's really hard to do if you have no concept, especially for developers. Developers, I find, want to think about how it should work, not how it shouldn't work. And that's one of the hardest pieces. I've spent a huge amount of time trying to figure out how do I help people walk through that particular piece. And, you know, that's what Stride is all about. It's not a method. It's a method for thinking about attacks. And I think that's the, the hardest part. Your whole continuous threat modeling checklist is a way of walking around that problem in a different way. And that's why I think it's brilliant and put it into every deck I have. Um, but nevertheless, that's that's kind of the larger problem here. Why the security engineer is needed in the room, because they can actually have an encyclopedia of attacks, at least the relevant, re relevant ones, the threat library, if you will, in their heads. Thinking like an attacker is really the primary thing that we want to drive into the threat modeling process because attackers are sitting out there and they're brainstorming and doing this same type of process as they prepare to try and break into various systems. 
So attackers use threat modeling already. And so what's important for us is we want to equal the playing field here. We want to see threat modeling become something that the defenders and the builders are using so that they can help to get ahead of where the attackers are going. And so that's that's one of the real big value propositions about threat modeling. Brooke Schoenfield. Frankly, I don't think anyone's expecting anything. Most folks are just getting out and trying to do what they can. And then there's a bunch of people who are in this space of varying levels of skill and originality who are trying to make noise. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of buzz around threat modeling. Our timing is good, I think, but um, you know the uh, the quality of the offerings vary tremendously, in my opinion. From wow, we use Stride, <laughs> which is you know by now fairly well trod territory, to. Uh, you know, some really great offerings. So I don't think we have any expectation, frankly. I think we can just stay silent until we have something, you know, to, to push. Fraser Scott. One observation I made when I was trying to draft the stuff for what the difference is between threat modeling and things like threat assessments and threat intelligence is it felt like the the manifesto itself is almost in its entirety the sort of the definition because the the values and the principles are sufficiently fuzzy to allow you to say, okay, something that looks more like this looks more like what we consider threat modeling. Something that's more over here is less like what we consider threat modeling. So I was kind of, I, I was in two minds about whether it was worth trying to put a cut between, okay, this is threat modeling, this is threat risk assessment, and this is threat intelligence. Um, I'll bring that to that discussion, but it might bring it on a bit of a tangent because, um, yeah, it, it feels like that sort of not being able to pin it down to a to a single definition is a feature of the manifesto as much as anything else. Isar Terendash. So one of the things that came out of the discussion of the definition was that uh, we might end up having a short definition, the values and uh, the, the, the principles, and then a longer definition if needed, if we couldn't agree into something. So I think that if we go with something of that structure, which in my mind, it makes sense because before you start talking about values and principles, you want to define what you're talking about. Then we can assume that it was defined previously and that, that kills that whole thing. Fraser Scott. For me, I think just using the word threat modeling in the, the values, it, it's just possibly slightly redundant. I mean, the, the subject is threat modeling. So just people over processes and tools doing it over talking about it or doing over talking. It's just, we, we know we're talking about threat modeling because it's a threat modeling manifesto. So it's just, it might make the language a bit crisper and cleaner. Brooke Schoenfield. There are, you know, there are th several different reasons to threat model. One of them is around design. I forget who said that, but, and, and I'm primarily focused on that because that's my thing, but I have nothing against people who threat model just to identify risks and penetration testers and other, you know, security analysis often employ a very lightweight threat modeling in order to get started and understand where they're going. And do we want to include that? I do very, very much. I've written thousands of words about this. Whether they're good words or not is not a, you know, that's another question. But I have thought about it a lot. And, and that's okay with me even if I am focused on design. But do we want to focus on design or do we want to open up the tent a bit 
to use Adam's words, to make sure we're inclusive. I don't have an answer for that. I'm stumbling over that early for that reason. For me, the, there's, there's a significant difference. Like right? if you've got 10,000 software engineers churning out software every day and you've got 20 pen testers, um, the impact a threat modeling could make as a discipline to 10,000 software engineers thinking about security is potentially much greater than giving the pen testers another tool. So yeah. um, like the design aspect of it, I think, is critical because that's probably where as a cyber industry is it, that's where we're weakest. Alyssa Miller. I'll, so I'll go all middle of the road and really frustrate everybody. But, um, you know, it's, I, 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 I don't disagree with your definitions, Adam. The only thing is I think colloquially they're not, they don't fit, but I do think tools are more than software, right? I mean, a tool could be a spreadsheet, which the spreadsheet itself isn't really the software. Um, you know, having a model like stride stride is a tool. It's not software, but it's, you know, it, it's not necessarily intellect either. It, it's 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 a little more tangible, and so that's I think when we say tool in here, either people are going to go directly to thinking software. You know, if I'm thinking about our audience, or they may consider also you know frameworks and things being a part of a tool set. But I don't think they're going to absorb that the definition that you gave Adam, unless we specifically call it out. The people that we assembled here. All, all of us have have known each other in different capacities over the years, and we've bumped to eat, bumped into each other in threat modeling circles. And so once we got into the discussion, this is one of the most orderly groups that really respected each other's opinions. And we argued and we debated, but we always did it from the idea of how are we going to make the threat modeling manifesto better? There was no sense of ego. And, and we had some we had some, some really heavy hitters in this room that in this virtual room, part of this process. And when you think about all the books that have been written by various members and all the conference talks and all of the, you know, engagements and training classes and all the things that these folks have done yet, they, we were all able to check our egos at the door and say, we just want to make a really awesome threat modeling manifesto that'll change the world. Jonathan Marcel. By the way, I had one point that is very meta about uh, the Agile Manifesto, and it goes over the principles and the values. That's the thing I actually spot last month. Uh, like, do we recognize that the Agile Manifesto exists in our universe? Because right now, it seems that we can just do hashtag include Agile Manifesto, and then we solve half of what we're saying. So me, I kind of have a problem of basically signing off a stuff that passes as a novelty while it's actually just a rehash because Agile Manifesto was made by really smart people and I think we're really smart people. So when we deliberate the principles to our fundamentals, it's normal that we arrive at the same point. So I think I would like really to see this group um, leveraging what is unique about threat modeling and the message that we're going to do. Uh, instead of just saying, oh, are we on power with the Agile Manifesto? I would like if we can just get rid of, out of it and then say, oh, by the way, a threat modeling is Agile. Okay, thanks, bye. Go see their manifesto. And then we concentrate uh, on the essence. Like when we did the whole brainstorming on, on stuff, I agree that it was okay to think about everything. But right now, it's like 
really for me as a developer, it's like we're releasing code that we just wrote stdlib uh, again for a few functions. And I'm like, why not just include it and mostly concentrate on the novelty of what we're doing? I looked at the Agile Manifesto early on as a reference, knowing that we were trying to have the same style of impact across an industry. We said, let's look and see what has worked in the past and see what we can learn from that. And so we did start from the Agile Manifesto and and studied it and then looked for, for ways. And you'll see a little bit of commonality between a few of the points there. But what we found over time is as we got deeper and deeper into the debate and conversation, we really diverged from where the Agile Manifesto was going and the language that, that they were using there. And we landed on our own new thing that that is the Threat Modeling Manifesto. Isar Terendash. So we, I think that we are having a, a really good discussion in there. It's it's pulling into all kinds of uh, directions that I definitely did not think it would go in the beginning, but uh, really good, really good, and uh, the best discussion. And uh, I think that the the next step is really to start closing around it. And uh, it seems that right now the the biggest thing standing, and please people. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is how, basically how long we want this to be. And there was at some point uh, uh, a discussion of having something shorter, smaller to start with that would be sort of an elevator pitch, and uh, then something slightly more detailed that could be plugged in the in the bottom. And uh, I think that, that that's the next step, to, to converge towards using the short, long, or just the medium that we, we have in there. I would like to close the discussion in about a week so that when we actually start cleaning the values and, and principles, we, we have that thing in, in our head. I don't think that it's going to be anything uh, revolutionary. It's just basically worth meeting now. We all know what we want to say. We, we know what we want to put out there. So yeah, no, no surprises. Brooke Schoenfield. It's unfortunately jargon. That's one of the problems. It means something to everyone on this call, including me. Don't get me wrong. I use this term all the time. But it doesn't mean the same thing to everyone. And that's my problem with it because it creates an inside and outside that I don't like. If there's some other way to say this or, I, yeah, emphasis on compliance isn't the same as checkbox where you have a list and you just go to the list and do each thing on the list and don't do anything else. I don't know how to say that shortly other than just saying over compliance. That may be enough and then we have a principle later or something else to explain it. But it's a problem because it's jargon. Kim Wutz. Yeah, so from an academic perspective, we are always looking into how we can capture that creativity and that expertise as much as possible. I think tooling is as the same question. So I'm, I don't have a suggestion to make this more feel like the, the direction I want to point to. I think Isar already mentioned that he also objected a bit with the art term. I, I will think about it for a week. Maybe something pops up, but we are trying to make it as much into a science and trying to capture that expertise in a way. And I, I do not want to have like in five years or 10 years, the manifesto like saying, but we still cannot, I don't know, have it as a science. It, it's, it should be a science. It should be engineering. And you can make it a bit better with, with creativity. Currently, you can make it a lot better with creativity. But 
I'm not sure yet. When we think about who should threat model and who this document's for, we can go directly to the document itself. And what we wrote there in the manifesto is you, everyone, anyone who is concerned about the privacy, safety, and security of their system. And so this document is written for everyone. We realize that different people are going to be coming to the manifesto with different technical levels, different experience with threat modeling, different experience with development and security and privacy and all these pieces. But we created this in such a way that it's valuable to anybody, whether it's a manager, whether it's a developer, whether it's a security engineer, everybody can derive value from this because this is a collection of values and principles. These are the things that we value as a group that has done a lot of threat modeling in our careers and a lot of teaching about threat modeling and a lot of speaking about threat modeling. But it also has the principles that we call the fundamental truths of threat modeling that'll help you to get there. And so we see this as a, as a document that's available for anybody, whether you're brand new or whether you're someone who's been doing threat modeling for 20 years, there is something for everyone in this document. In the next episode, the team moves from the definition of threat modeling to an even bigger challenge, deciding what the values and principles of threat modeling should be. You know, I see values you define, this is what we believe, and principles then are that, that next layer of detail of this is how we, how we you know, live by those values or how we accomplish those values. Thanks for listening.